Anthony, how are you going? Good. How are you, Henry? Good, good. So you're in Spain, yeah? Yeah. You're in Australia. And I'm in Australia. That's right. And uh, we met through crypto. You know, it's an it's a interesting world. Uh, we live in, especially in 2020. Um, Anthony and I have come a long way. Uh, we have developed a really good bond. Um, and this is why it's called Worlds Apart. And we yep. thought to create this podcast because of this pandemic. Uh, this pandemic that has crippled the world, the world at large, and everyone in isolation at the moment is obviously uh, having um, a lot of um, emotional thoughts and stresses that have come about, especially knowing that this was nothing we would have taken into consideration if I said, hey, Anthony, um, I'm predicting in three weeks we're going to have a global lockdown. What would your answer be, Anthony? Well, I wouldn't have answered that the governments would have gotten so involved, but I would have understood. You would have laughed at me. Well, you would have said, you're, you're nuts. Maybe, you're crazy. maybe. But what I can tell you is that I wouldn't have said this pandemic can't spread, this pandemic can't get worse, this pandemic... It's pretty much designed to get worse once it reaches different countries. So pretty much back to our initiative. The reason why we're here is to take down psychological barriers that people have right now because of this virus. And through biological research and understanding and a live recording of this, which is today's day again, March 30th, 2020, help the listeners overcome their fears, phobias, anxieties, stresses, depression, whatever they may be going through, through facts, information, and understanding. That's excellent. Just um, to ask you a question, um, I suppose you should also intro to your readers um, that you're a biologist, is yes. that correct? Um, I studied biology for four years. I'm well-versed in... In biology, the the general field, I went into biomedical sciences. I didn't get to any uh, neurological stuff. That's basically where Henry has an advantage uh, because he studies psychology, and I know from experience that he understands it to a high degree. So with love, um, just just to disclose, sorry to interrupt anything, but just to disclose, I'm not a psychologist. I'm a student still um, well, studying psychology yeah. but i do have um also a background in fear and anxiety because i'm a driver trainer and i help people um surpass their fear in driving mm-hmm. um so in the 12 years that i've been doing that um i wanted to grow my knowledge and decided to do a degree in psychology so um a good choice. At this point, um, at this point, you know, we have now come into this pandemic, and I, you know, Anthony and I, um, we were chatting and we were talking about how it's creating fear and anxiety because I deal with it all the time with my students, you know, behind the wheel, but it's it's uh, counterparts that it, it, it's it's residue, let's call it, or it's aftermath um is the same for any fear or any anxiety 
So we've decided, you know, to also implement into this uh, podcast strategies, I suppose. And as I say, disclosing, we're not psychologists, uh, but we're just using our knowledge that we know uh, that can help um, people, uh, listeners listening to this podcast, how to, you know, be counteractive and um, finding better solutions to deal with uh, the this pandemic and dealing with it uh, with family, friends, uh, especially being in isolation. Of course. Um, and um, also learning, you know, what's, you know, is having closure. You know, uh, we can feel anxious and stressed, but we can grow and magnify those emotions without realizing, and that's the dangerous part, is when your limbic system kicks in, uh, you're not aware of the chemicals that are being um, absorbed into your body by those emotional um, stresses. Yeah. Uh, let's call it stimu- uh, those stimulants yeah. that, that can, you know, create havoc. It's basically like a, 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 a chemical concoction in your brain. Yeah, so getting getting more into the biological findings and the recent research that has been coming out, especially in the U.S. government uh, briefing that happened just today, um, I want to go through and run down <clears throat> several articles that I think that are of grand importance, um, at least as this virus progresses. Obviously, things can become better. Uh, faster than these articles can be written, but for the sake of having facts on hand, I'll be listing my findings or my relevant findings that I think that will help people to understand what is going on in the biological perspective. So what I was going to ask you, sorry to cut you off, Andy, but what I was going to ask you is uh, with COVID-19, can you give us a very small, you know, just keep in mind the listeners are not going to be biologists of or course. medical practitioners. Of That's what I you see. Know, to... This is your general public. Right. So just give us just give us a little intro to what this virus is. Okay. Well, generally, it's very easy to define what a virus is. A virus is essentially uh, a sub-microscopic infectious agent that replicates only inside the living cells of an organism. Uh, of an organism. It needs a host to survive. Without a host, it cannot it cannot maintain uh, its survival for very long. Um, viruses are more difficult to deal with because they do not respond to antibiotics uh, typically. Typically, antibiotics are used for bacteria, and that's that's where they have a good response, but viral infections are much harder to deal with because of the nature and how they are structured on the microscopic level. Yo, Anthony, I was just going to say, with viruses, and specifically um, COVID-19, how does it it, uh, get um, contracted? I mean, how does someone... Catch a virus. Well, there are many ways that somebody can catch a virus. There's certainly a lot of different versions of transmissions, whether it be sexually transmitted, whether it be aerosol, you know, aerosolized or in the air particulates, whether it be droplets, which is in the case of uh, uh, COVID-19, from what I understand, 
is that water, essentially droplets, can make the life of this virus last without too much problem until it makes contact or is contracted by a person. I was actually reading a uh, journal um, which was on, uh, well, it's been published on Google Scholar, and mm. it was saying that the virus can live for nine days. Um, this article was um, a journal um, of hospital infection. It was published mm. on March 20, um, volume 104, issue 3, mm. uh, and it was saying the incubation is between two to ten days. Yeah. Some viruses are more resilient than others, and what happens is when you have a virus that's as resilient as uh, COVID-19, it could really just essentially not fall within the regular parameters because of how it functions. Now, I'm not going to get into the mechanics of how the virus actually functions because that's more microbiology and uh, molecular or cellular biology, which I'm not really going to get into that. So what I do want to get into is the treatments. I want to get into the working on a vaccine and a cure. I want to get into effective medic uh, medication. I want to get into the nanotechnology that's been discovered. I want to get into masks and ventilators. I wanted to get into test kit supplies. Uh, yeah. I want to get into the death toll, um, the recovery, what what the, the governments are doing to stimulate recovery. Uh, yeah. The media's ill-equipped um, handling of positive research on a negative subject. I know it can be hard to deal with, but when new research comes out, it makes old research obsolete and you have to kind of work on it as a stepping stone and you cannot be disillusioned yeah. by old old news when new news have come out. So, well, um, Anthony, I've heard of um, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin, right. that it was an effective treatment. Um, right. Trump was mentioning it. Right. Uh, it was used also for the swine flu, I think, and SARS previously. Well, here's here's the exact uh, here's the exact Trump tweet. Okay, hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin taken together have a real chance to be one of the biggest game changers in the history of medicine. The FDA has moved mountains. Thank you. Hopefully, they will both H works better than A. International Journal of Antimicrobial Agents, etc. So that's what Trump said. Now. An article that I'm reading right now. Oh, sorry, to, sorry, I think we should disclose that this French scientist, I'm just looking up his name. Dude, I was um, about to get to I that. Heard. Give me a second. <laughs> Let me get to it. I was about to say what you're about to say, probably. So. I'm just getting it into Google right now. Sorry, yeah. do apologize. Don't worry about um, it. I, I, I got we this. Should, we should. Let me let me do the articles because I already got them I already got them figured out. Okay. So okay, you do it. so the Food and Drug Administration urged caution, however, when officials said that they were trying to determine whether or not to treat patients with mild to uh, moderate COVID nineteen symptoms to potentially reduce the duration of the of such symptoms as well as viral shedding. 
which can help prevent the spread of the disease. So what they're saying is that they cannot back Trump's claims completely yet because they haven't had enough human trials and the World Health Organization agreed that further tests should be concluded, but many scientists criticized Trump's comments as being overzealous and said the French study was flawed. So that's what you were probably going to get to. Yeah, but who was that French guy? Uh, I just wanted to... Well, I could get into that too. The French guy, uh, quote-unquote, um, it says... Is it, it's from a recent paper from the lab of Didier Raoult. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he's an infectious disease specialist in Marcel, France. Uh, and although, you know, although this study might not even offer a glimmer of hope, it's still worth the effort that was put into it, even as a treatment, because before we... I, um, yeah. I heard there was 30... 30 uh, people that they tried this treatment with, some with just hydrochloric hydroexochloroquine, mm-hmm. and uh, six with um, yeah, small population size. And, yeah. and the ones that did the six that both those medications apparently uh, were cured in six days, was it uh, three, three or four days? I can't, yeah, I sometimes, can't. sometimes. I mean, sometimes placebos even cure people. So, I mean, it, it's really, in in this case, I'm just glad that this kind of article, this kind of scientific literature was at least put out because it at least gives people hope and incentive to find the actual pure answer, right? And uh, something that can be human tested, etc. You see what I'm saying? So... Getting down to more of like the findings, which is what I'm really interested in. Let's start with one of the the therapies that's being talked about right now that is new and that I didn't even know about before uh, Trump's briefing, which is interesting to say the, the least. Plasma treatment. I heard something to do with the plasma treatment. Yeah, is that right? that's right. So nanotech solutions yes that's that's another thing but the nanotech i knew about before the briefing um and that's coming from china so right now i like to discuss the plasma part because it's it's the one that i know least about so i i assume that people uh are in the same boat if, if i don't know about it so america needs plasma from covid19 survivors now because uh, their immunity obviously has responded favorably to the virus infecting them. So what that means is, since their immunity has been proven, for whatever reason, A or B or C, uh, has been proven that it essentially can counteract any measure or whatever the virus is doing, it has the immunity to do so, they're taking the plasma from people's blood that are the, that are the survivors, and they're injecting that same plasma into a uh, person who's suffering from it, and that is being used as a therapy to mitigate uh, either death or be used as treatment or to take away the, the, the virus completely. Uh, maybe over time or by building the immunity so much that it can be eliminated. That is essentially the point. So this is a very, the reason why this is such a big one 
you know, if I was to call it anything, is because you're directly working with the, the immune system, okay? So when you're directly working with the immune system, it's almost like you're creating a vaccination or a cure in your own body. And that's the beautiful thing about this, is that... Well, if you can, also mentioned that it's interesting you mentioned the immune system, yeah. um, which I'll talk later how it affects with the stress. Oh, you could talk now. You could talk now. I just wanted um, to get uh, a couple of things, a couple of facts yeah, but it's in there. Interesting. Yeah, because, um, yeah, but keep going. Yeah. Okay. We'll talk, I'll talk All right. later on. Well, yeah. after I finish this, uh, this you know, tiny blurb, you can comment on, on, uh, on what you know on the psychological end, because yeah. obviously you do. So... Essentially, the immune system, when, when you have plasma injected, from what I understand, from the survivors, you have a higher chance of, sur of surviving because they have survived it, and in essence, you get that immunity from them. Now, plasma has been used in a lot of blood transfusions like since, since blood banks were ever even invented, okay? Uh, it's always been like that. Blood has always been needed for reason A or B, and plasma has always been used for even aesthetics uh, or things like this to cure a virus or to build up immunity. It's not really a cure, but, uh, you know, who knows what it might lead to. So, yeah. now that I've spoken on that, you can speak on anything that pertains to the psychological aspect of that. Okay, well, you know... From what I know about fear and anxiety, because as I said earlier in the intro, that this is what I do for a living is right. help people that have fear of driving. But, you know, being at home <laughs> in isolation, as you know, Anthony, um, we kind of um, have found new ways to reinvent the wheel. And that <laughs> is be occupied at home Correct. and being able to, you know, stimulate our brain to actively be... Um, doing other things like Productive. You, know, you and I spoke yesterday when you called me I mean how brain dead was I it was like who the fuck is this guy I'm talking to <laughs> it was like I couldn't even say two words to you and <laughs> and you're like what the fuck's wrong with you bro and I'm like man <laughs> that's what isolation does man isolation can drive you mad if, if it's prolonged for long enough so you know isolation and on, and on that just mm -hmm. so you know how I actually felt that day yesterday. Yeah. Um, I felt my breathing was a lot more, a lot more constricted. Uh, it was restricted. Like you were um, hyperventilating? And, yeah, well, no, I would say just breathing was more difficult. Okay. Like, because I, I was just too stressed about, one, I closed my business, um, I have no income. Yeah, basically the same thing that everybody's worried you know, about. Yeah, everyone's in the same boat, but just talking about my personal um, emotion, emotional state. Yeah, when it hits um, home, it hits home. Yeah, it really, it really, it really hurt me to to not be able to control myself. Yeah, um, understandable. I, I was procrastinating to do things like I would, you know, say, "Oh, okay, today I was going to do," you know these to-do list things on, on my list and none of them got done. Right, um, because of external factors. Switch on the news. I just wanted to hear what was going on with the coronavirus. Um, I was so hooked onto it that right. everything else got paused and I'm thinking, what the hell are you doing? I this think, is not 
I think you're in the same situation as a lot of people, Henry. Um, the same thing as me. I mean, I'm more introverted as a person, so I've kind of always been used to this kind of um, inclusion or, I don't know, isolation, whatever you want to call it. The idea is it will drive you mad after a while because... If you, will, have, and the funny thing is, if you have no friends around you, what's go, you know, I know what's going on on that level of the biology, and I'm, I'm sure you do know as yeah. well. But try stopping it when yeah. you're in that state. It's it's, <laughs> it's a chemical it's like reaction. It's a chemical reaction. Yeah, it's seriously like yeah, it's it's a chemical reaction you can't control, you can't stop. So yeah. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about the sympathetic nervous system, okay. um, how it works with. Um, anxiousness and fear um, what can we do to make um, that situation better. better yeah you know so um, like today I feel like a new person I woke up feeling like a new person uh, I actually don't have any of those um, symptoms that I had yesterday Great. only because I just kicked myself in the bum and said hey wake up uh, I went for a jog yesterday if I someone else kicked you huh <laughs> but see I think when you sweat and and run and just be active um, and I'm, okay there are some countries in isolation that can't even go for a run yet we're lucky enough yeah. here in Australia we could go for a run but I'm sure you could run up a flight of stairs you could do push-ups, you could jog on the spot, you could just, the whole point is to get your body moving. Um, and this is the major depression, especially for unemployed people, you know, this is why you see an unemployed person always depressed, um, <laughs> always yeah. feeling, uh, you know, cloudy, um, is be and because all they do is just, sit on the couch and I'm sorry procrastinate but I'm not trying to yeah me well, neither I'm, I'm not, not trying, trying to offend anybody either, and yeah. unemployed people right. if I was unemployed which I am now right. I'm feeling exactly like they exactly. are so I'm not saying unemployed people are lazy I'm not saying anything it's just a vicious cycle you get dragged into it right. and as you get dragged into it your heart it's really hard to stop and so let's talk about it anyway let's talk about the sympathetic nervous system so what's the key factors um in the physiology of stress right um first of all let's understand that the first cause of stress is neurotransmitters right right and neurotransmitters uh basically what uh, are neurons and neurons uh, themselves it's what they cause the communication between um, uh, your um, your bodily functions right whether it's your heart whether it's your stomach your digestive system your brain um, your, your nervous system your muscles uh, your blinking, your hunger, everything. Um, so these neurotransmitters obviously also communicate to your brain mm -hmm. um, and your limbic system. And so this, we have 50 different hormones uh, active in our body. Um, and so <laughs> these 50 different hormones, right, uh, regulate everything. Uh, whether it's this, I get what I spoke about was, you know, the sleeping cycle. And for example, with sleep and retaining water, so you don't die of dehydration, right? Yeah. So Or sleep deprivation, which is a big deal. Yeah. 
So, you know, basically hormones are neurotransmitters. So, you know... They're similar. I, w- I wouldn't call them the same, but they're they're pretty damn similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't notice the difference uh, when you're under the influence of one, let's put it that way. Well, see, hormones are... Uh, sorry, I'll... Because hormones are neurotransmitters because they cling... They actually cause the synapses. So, we... The, the, the chemicals synapse mm-hmm. from one place to another. And there's different ones, right? So some chemicals block other chemicals and stop the communication. And this is where we're going to talk about this stuff, where some chemicals get blocked because of other chemicals. And right. therefore, for example, uh, causing uh, imbalance. Yeah, or inhibitions you know, or whatever. Depression and we go get take, you know, tablets to help us deal no. with those lack those lack of chemicals or Correct. those chemicals that are blocking other chemicals to suppress them because we need these to work in other parts of our body that are causing problems and strangely so enough it's, kind of compl- it's only like four main compl- ones yeah yeah it's complicated but just so the listeners will keep it simple um with the physiology of fear and anxiety right mm-hmm. and now with this pandemic Gosh, can you imagine the vibration frequency out in this world right now? And hence why we call the worlds apart. Um, yeah. The vibration frequency that's being stemmed out through the news, the media, people, through phone calls and conversations and podcasts. Yeah, stuff that we probably wouldn't you know, believe. You can, get on, you can get on Google right now and just type in pandemic. And, oh gosh, you'll leave your computer depressed. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, yeah. <laughs> um, you, you know this 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 affects our limbic system, which is you know quite important because what is the limbic system? What's the purpose of it and the amygdala? So right. the, there's a hippocampus. I don't want to. Try, I'm trying to keep this very simple for the listeners so we don't get too technical. Right, right, right. But the hippocampus is for emotions, right? And the uh, amygdala is for fear, anxiety, limbic systems. All that into one basket. Um, we can call it the lizard brain. Yeah, if that's typically simplify. the best way to make it simple for the listeners. And you know, funny enough, when we're a fetus uh, in a womb, um, the first things that develop, and irony of that is actually we do look like a lizard when we first develop, and we have um, the lizard brain and the. Um, nervous system right um, yeah. which is connected to the limbic system and when you look at it um at a baby um, a fetus that's just developed uh starting to develop you you look at it and think looks like a tadpole or a lizard yeah and then everything's just a grow around that nervous system it's yeah. like it's like it's like um building building a car and then putting in the engine last, you know, it just doesn't work. Oh, putting the electrical, oh, sorry, think of the engine as your brain and think of the electrical system in the car as the nervous system. Now, you know, the wires run through, you know, all parts of, around inside the car. So imagine putting everything together, the, the doors, the interior, you know, the carpet and everything, and now you've got a big wiring harness, your nervous system. Try putting that in now and try connecting that to your brain. It just won't work. So... Hence why we developed in that manner. And um, so, having said that, let's talk more about the... Um, yeah, whenever you're ready to give me a chance, man. Yeah, let's talk about the limbic system. So, um, 
there's two chemicals, and uh, we all have heard of these chemicals, and that's neuroadrenaline, or you can call it adrenaline, mm-hmm. and also cortisol, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, those two chemicals are very healthy to have when it's balanced right. Right. So we're <laughs> very well played. Um, competing, you know, as we go, let's imagine just about to, you know, uh, compete in a sport. Uh, we're just about to sit an exam. Uh, can you, you know, those butterflies, you know, those sweaty palms. And, you know, as they say, you know, before you get on stage, don't break your leg. Right. You know, that same, right. you know, is because you can get quite nervous and you can actually trip over and break a leg. So, um, hence those nerves, those jittery nerves. But once you're, it's like any fighter, I've heard it many times, especially fighters in UFC and boxing. And, you know, before the match, they're really nervous. You know, they've got all the butterflies going on. And I can imagine. Really intense. Yeah. But once they're in the ring, it all goes, right? Right, right. They're in, that's well, what you we have to be technical in the ring as well. Flight. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we call fight or flight. Correct. So there's two characters that can develop. One is the fight with mechanism, which deals with and has balances of adrenaline and cortisol that the right amount that's needed mm-hmm. to to do the task versus the um, flight which the flight the cortisol outweighs the adrenaline and that's the problem so with cortisol okay once you get uh, too much cortisol released into your body that sent you into the flight mode, right? And mm. so there's the problem. And this is where you'll find your muscles tensing. This is where your arteries start to um, get Blood smaller. pressure starts rising. So yeah. So basically what I felt yesterday was the heart, you know, you know felt breathing was much more difficult was because my arteries were being constricted from stress and the blood had my heart rate uh, increased and as it increased you know it felt i can actually feel my you know i can actually feel having a headache right yeah. uh because there's high blood pressure going on yeah it's funny totally how we don't realize why we have headaches and, but anyway in that phase, um, you also are re- not realizing that you also your muscles tense, and this is why when you go get a massage, you know, the, or acupuncture or physiotherapy, um, you know, they tend to say relax your muscles because um, the muscles got knots in them because of all those stresses in life. Yeah. We have. Now this pandemic obviously is just a recipe for disaster in the sense of our biology and our uh, intake for how much our body can handle and so what i recommend to people out there is to deal with this Uh, don't procrastinate if you think twice about doing something and you get lazy and want to just stay watching the news Mm -hmm. um don't think, just get up and get it, put your shoes on and go for a run. Or like I said, if you can't uh, go for a run, do push-ups. Say, so, you know, right. that's it. I'm going to do some push-ups. I'm going to do People whatever People underestimate the power of push-ups, to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, whatever you could do, just... And another thing is I would say roll your shoulders, 
Um, yeah, loosen uh, up. You shaking know. hands, loosen, loosen up. up. Um, you'll find that alone, just the shaking of hands and rolling your shoulders. I read even up. today, Henry. It's interesting you say that because I read even today that um, slouching over, and this is reported by Google Facts, slouching over. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll tell you to say, keep going. I was actually going to talk about that. Keep yeah. So basically, slouching, just slouching over, right, while you're, say, trading. I don't want to really bring up trading in any of this, but uh, slouching over while you're trading and looking at charts uh, essentially makes you zoom in, have tunnel vision, and not really see the bigger picture. And it essentially makes you less productive than you would have been if you just had a correct posture. And it's something as simple as that that can help you out. Uh, in something that you're doing, in anything you're doing, it couldn't just—it doesn't have to apply to just trading. It could apply to anything, any work you do on a computer. Well, that's right. When I when I went for a run yesterday, um, one thing I said to myself was keep your posture straight and right. upright when you're running. Right. Yeah. So as I was running, I kept my posture upright and straight. And I'll tell you what, it was like I could run two blocks and had so much more energy because of my airways not being constricted. Yeah, um, makes sense. Plus, you know, even, you know, with fear of driving, my students, when they first come and see me, mm-hmm. um, I say to them, can you sit in the car and show me how you sit? Because <laughs> that starts, you know, I always say it starts on the micro level. Yeah. So when they actually show me how they sit, they're actually sitting in fetal position. Um, see, fetal position is a is in itself a it, it induces anxiety and fear uh, because I won't get into the detail, but I get I get my students to experiment um, uh, in that position and to see the differences between posture changes, and they're like, wow, I'll never ever have to ever explain to them again how to sit correctly because they saw the. They experimented of their own ways yeah. just to see the difference between their, their original seating position versus uh, their new position. And I never ever have to tell them twice again. But besides the point, that fetal position is why it creates these – your brain Your brain doesn't know – I always say your, your body is dumb, right? I always call <laughs> the body being dumb. Mm-hmm. It, it actually doesn't know anything any better. Mm-hmm. But it only happens when your brain um, disassociates with the limbic system. So there's a problem there with a chemical imbalance. When the flight mode kicks in, mm-hmm. your, your frontal cortex, which is for, ir- ir- for rational thinking, decision-making, um, all those things that you, your uh, CEO decisions you make every day, um, get disconnected. And your dumb body has taken over at this point. Mm-hmm. It was just what was happening to me the last few days where I couldn't control my body because my limbic system, my lizard brain kicked in. Um, so really important to understand uh, the, the balance of those two chemicals. The dynamics, yeah, I agree. And, but um, anyways... Uh, yeah, let's get back to another article. Let's get back to another article here. Yeah. Okay, so the next one I'd like to talk about is fairly simple. Um, it's not a. They're not talking about it too much because I'm I'm sure they're either keeping it to themselves or they haven't perfected it or what have you. But that's speculation. So I'll stick to the the actual claims. So let's let's talk about 
vaccines, what they are, what a cure is, what a treatment is, uh, all that stuff. Essentially, vaccines... Relating to COVID-19. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's mainly the reason why we're, we're here talking about this. So, it's to educate the listener. So, vaccines are products that protect people against many diseases that can be very dangerous and even deadly. Unlike most medicines that treat or cure diseases, vaccines prevent you from getting sick with the disease in the first place. Okay? So, vaccine is the prevention of a dangerous uh, illness, whereas a cure would be after you have uh, been infected to give you some sort of, for lack of a better uh, term for a layman, uh, an antidote. You see what I'm saying? So the same thing that you would treat uh, venom with antivenom, etc., uh, is basically how you would treat a cure on a, on a virus or a disease, mainly a disease, just in the broad sense. So now that we have vaccine, cure, treatment uh, pretty much defined or in relation with one another, we can move on to uh, how nanotechnology by Chinese scientists is helping out. So the claim is China claims to have developed nanomaterial that can absorb the and deactivate coronavirus with 96.5 to 99.9% efficiency. Uh, this was reported just today. Uh, it came out fairly recently and pretty much right on time with the, uh, with the briefing by the White House. This is just another type of therapy or a type of attempt to make a vaccine, to make a cure, to create a therapy that will help out anybody affected by this illness or by this virus sorry and it's important because we have to look at it from every angle there's a lot of different ways that we could deal with uh, viruses this could actually provide a cure if it was worked on hard enough because I mean if you have a statistical advantage oh, sorry sorry Anthony, but um, with um, viruses I know they mutate and I know that yeah. COVID-19 has mutated to two which is one is a S strain mm -hmm. the other is a L strain right um, so with vaccines I kind of have a kind of a stance on not quite believing it's going to be anytime soon only because of its mutation and as you know you being a biologist mm -hmm. that when it mutates if you have a vaccine it's, it's yeah it's dependent on its resilience like I, like I was telling you before we got on the phone but the, the, the idea is that once you get reports or claims or in general uh, information that gives you extremely significant results it only leads you to have a positive outlook on this stuff. You know, if this was a, say, even like 50% or 70%, it'd be much less significant. But because it's in the realm of within 5%, that's how scientists essentially look at things. If it's within 5%, then that means that it's a significant uh treatment or cure potentially or whatever what have you therapy you could use whatever word word or verbiage you'd like to use but essentially it's going to get you to not have to die from this virus 
So that's the most important thing, is to eliminate deaths. And we'll talk about that later on when I source the, the deaths in the top five countries, uh, starting with the U.S. Um, I'll, yep. I'll give you some time to talk because uh, I'm finished with that article. Mm-hmm. If you'd like some. If not, I can just keep going all day, man. Uh, well, no, just, just we'll, we'll, how about um, we'll uh, finish off this podcast. Uh, let's give the listeners um, some advice. Uh, of course, we're not doctors and I'm not a psychologist. Um, yeah, and I'm not a doctor just, either. <laughs> Uh, you know, all we're doing is uh, being informative and providing um, information that has been verified from advice. people much smarter from us, much smarter than yep. us. <laughs> take take advice from your medical practitioners. Correct. Um, listen to your government's um, warnings. Consult um, your physician. Consult your physician. Because every country is having different conditions. Um, all we are saying is. What do you do at home under these circumstances? But Anthony also wanted to give an enlightenment to uh, the current uh, research that is stemmed from Trump's uh, Donald briefing. Trump's uh, um, briefing today, and he wanted to just um, you know go over the, the the bullet points of it, and and so just to basically educate the world on what's going on in this pandemic so as from uh, as from my end um i i say to my listeners just get out there and and when i say get out there it doesn't mean you have to get out through your front door if you can't we'll move around in the house yeah make an effort make People an fail effort to realize that i think one. what i'm saying now has got nothing to do with making you feel worse it is actually making you do something that makes you feel better and that is yeah. be active do something you know jump around uh do some push-ups get uh, the chemicals whatever flowing. exercises you've got you know lift some weights up some people got their own personal gyms at home yeah whatever so you can have a swim if you've got you know what depending on the weather of where you are but regardless uh, 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 um do something um right. when you have to do list uh Get that list done. Don't don't sit there and and pro, uh, procrastinate about not doing it. Um, we're gonna be like this for a, a few months, so we better start thinking how can we improve ourselves, or or even, I mean, this pandemic is a blessing in of its own rights, only because it made us really think about who we are and. And also, if anything, I took this as a positive. Well, that's what you have to do. You You have to take, Henry, if you will, let me. Uh, You have to turn negatives into a positive. And the idea here is that these things happen and they're out of our control. So the only thing that you can do when, when it does happen is convert that negativity into positivity. There is no other way unless... You, you just want to drown in your own sorrow or be unproductive. Yeah. It just depends on, you know, pick your poison type of thing. But before we yeah. leave, I do want to present some facts that that need to be stated because essentially I, I need to finish out this list. I didn't write it for nothing. So if I, I'll just dish them out real quick. You can give the psychological analysis on it real quickly after that. And then we can be done with this session because it's going on 43 minutes now. So let me get a couple of facts out there that don't need articles and then a simple briefing, then the death toll, and then that's pretty much it. We'll end on a good note. So 
the mask and ventilators is a huge deal right now. Um, from what I understand in the United States, uh, the requests in states like Florida have been filled in full. That means 100%, while other states await for further supply. Uh, the test kits for diagnosing the coronavirus uh, are obviously in large demand. Uh, the American government, as well as the corporations that it is associated with, are making these uh, test kits as fast as they can. And the best thing about it now is that they've, dis they've found a way to rapidly detect or diagnose this with a simple nasal swab. So with a simple nasal swab, they can detect a negative or a positive reading on you having a coronavirus uh in 15 minutes at most so five yeah it, it was apparently sorry to interrupt but mm -hmm. apparently it's a company in australia that um designed this um it's like a pre pregnancy test mm -hmm. uh, which um they take a prick of your blood um, mm -hmm. like doing a diabetes test mm -hmm. and you put that in the, the like you know in the, the pregnancy testing, yeah, yeah. Um, and you put it in there and you've got to wait for like 45 minutes um, and it's uh, he said he said it was eighty. I can't remember the name of the company, but they're they're, they're making million billions of them. Um, yeah, they're well. personal. <laughs> at the moment, they're just they're giving it they're giving it to the governments uh, as priority. Obviously, um, the more they make, they probably have them at your GPs. Um, and um, but anyway, it's eighty six percent accuracy, which is not bad because think about it, you know. Rather have that um, than. <laughs> well, that's what he was saying. You know, eighty-six percent. You know, is a pretty good. You know. Yeah, that's not obviously bad. Obviously, if you've got symptoms or and it does come negative, then obviously you know there's anyways. But there's one out there from Australia that's been made as well. Okay. So let me get onto these last points. So. So Australia does come up with good ideas, mate. <laughs> <laughs> We're not just about kangaroos, guys. We're not just about kangaroos. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, yeah, so, yeah, keep going. so they say that it's going to take two weeks' time for, uh, and this this is relating to the United States again. Um, it's going to take two weeks' time as an estimate uh, to hit the peak death death toll, uh, and then have that decline via mitigation, self isolation, self quarantine. It is absolutely vital that we self-isolate, self-quarantine to mitigate this because if we do not, uh, essentially those two weeks will get prolonged and we'll just have worse and worse consequences for no reason, just because of the irresponsibility of some human beings or human activity, whatever you want to call it. And these models were generated by the U.S. government's health, uh, health professionals, so it's not like I made them up. These guys are real professionals. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, I mean, their estimates could be off, but I definitely would trust them more than I would trust my words. So I thought that it was worth mentioning. So uh, if you have anything to say about that, you can say something about that. If not, I'll move on. Let's, let's wrap it up. Um, I am wrapping it up. This is me wrapping it up. I've got like, I've got like 10, 10, phone, 10 missed phone calls. Um, <laughs> so... All right, let's yeah, let's let's wrap, let's wrap this up let's real up. fast then. Okay, gotcha. Let me give me a second. So, long story short, cash payments for uh, recovery, 
there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of that going on in the United States. There's gonna be lenient on rent and mortgages, according to the president's. Uh, uh, wait, hold yeah. on. Australia's same as well. So with Australia, yesterday with our prime minister, uh, we'll call him ScoMo. Right. <laughs> and ScoMo um, said that um, exactly what you said with the American Department on. Um, Rents and mortgages. Uh, mm-hmm. So, anyways, keep going. They uh, in in the United States, it's it's a this is speculative because uh, Trump was kind of put on the spot when a reporter asked him this, but he said that you know whether it has to be done with executive order, you know, or whatever he has to do, uh, talk, you know, talk with Congress or Senate. The the idea is to provide leniency on people who have rent and mortgages. So, moving on to the next one, and I'm I'm getting to the end here. Uh, this is, this was brought up in the, in the briefing, or this is an observation that I made in the briefing. The media is very ill-equipped to handle positive research after receiving a lot of negative research. So due to old obsolete information, the public basically couldn't even categorize a lot of the stuff that was being told to them because they were working off materials that are two weeks old, one week old weeks old and once once fresh material comes in they don't know how to deal with it all they know how to do is is just what they're trained to do is to panic because they think that the world's coming to an end uh etc when you know there's actually light at the end of the tunnel as trump was saying that's an actual quote from trump in the briefing so that that was just an interesting observation now i'm going to get to the final uh things so you can be on your way and we can say our sign-offs and basically have this reduced to an hour which is good for our first podcast so the technical figures for uh for the world right now the the four biggest uh death tolls right now are italy then we have spain which is where i'm living at uh luckily I, i don't i don't i'm not suffering from anything like that uh, because I live on an island and I'm blessed. Uh, you know, uh, I know a lot of people that are suffering on my island, and I wish them the safest recovery. I know that people all around the world are suffering. I wish them the safe recovery as well. I, I have no interest in lost lives. Now, China is looking at uh, 3,300 uh, total deaths. Uh, the United States is looking at. 2,484 deaths. Germany is looking at 541 deaths. So, what does this mean? Essentially, in deaths, Italy is leading, then Spain, after that China, after that the USA, after that Germany. Or, uh, sorry, uh, after that, um, it's actually France and Iran, but there are more case, there are more total cases in the USA, and this is an order, USA, Italy, China, Spain, and Germany. Those are the top five. So um, those are the figures for the death, the death toll. And the, the reason why it's important to measure the death toll is so that we can understand how profound mitigation can be when applied. If you apply mitigation, you can drastically reduce the future death toll. And that's exactly what we're trying to do is to... If it's going to peak, to let it peak, and if it is already peaked, to let it decline so that we can be done with this. You see what I'm saying? Um, 
so that's those are the current death tolls for the USA and some some you know some important countries that have been affected by this more viciously. Um, the last thing that I'll say before my my sign off is what I I said at the beginning. Uh, the best cure for any illness is prevention. So any listener that does listen to this, I want them to know that the only thing that you can do if you don't already have the the virus is to use every caution in your arsenal, no matter how ridiculous it may, it may seem to another person, it doesn't matter. Uh, prevention is the best cure. So rather than uh, making a mistake and, and contracting the virus, it's better to prevent it with every caution that you can to not even have to worry about it, which is essentially what I do. Uh, you know, well, I close my business for that reason. I mean, right. I could still run a business, but right. um, the fact is um, it's not about me, me and my business anymore. It's it's about the surviving, world. yeah, and surviving too. Uh, so sometimes we got to sacrifice. You know, this is like why they say where the where it's. This is a war, right? This is a yeah. war on an invisible yep. uh, enemy. Yep. And 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 so. And we got to win it. Pandemic. And we got to win it, man. Well, There's... that's why. That's why it's a pandemic. Yep. Well, a pandemic. Let's give the listener a little uh, a little lesson there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna define viral re- viral resilience real quick. Whoa, mega feedback. Anyways, um, a virus's ability to resist depends just on how complex its its structure is. So, if a virus has mutated, obviously it's gonna become harder to cure. But it's not something that's impossible. It's been done before. It's just that you have to basically pay more attention. Now, wow, man, I'm getting some serious feedback. All right, let's wrap it up. Um, I mean, we're, we're already we're already done. Hey, we're already done. I mean, um, oh, oh, okay, 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 good. So uh, uh, everything I had to say, I definitely said it. I just I just wanted to give a definition, but this feedback's cutting my brain. Wait, hold on, you're muffled. Yeah, give me give me a second. Hello. Yeah. All right, let me do this. Yeah. Okay. Now, now, how do I listen to it now? How can we listen to it? Don't worry, I'll I'll take care of that. Just um. Okay. Let me wrap this up. I will. I will. Let me um. There was one thing that I wanted to... Are you going to edit it? Are you going to see what's maybe nah, something nah, you... you can... No, no, no. There's no reason to edit a podcast. This is just us talking. So, um... Yeah. I wanted to define something that would help the list. Oh, yes. Of course. People have a... People don't understand what an epidemic and pandemic actually is. I really want to yeah. give a simple definition so that people don't, like confuse this it's it's very it's it's, it's not difficult I to understand with it. it's just wasting energy on something that honestly uh the news and everyone's been bombarded like with so much information it's just important uh, for the layman it's just important yeah, for the layman so yeah i wouldn't bother I, I would focus more on what our next podcast will be oh uh, this is just a closing podcast. statement this is a closing statement man yeah. um basically an epidemic is a disease 
that that is affecting many persons at the same time and spreading from person to person in a locality where the disease is not permanently prevalent, okay? And then a pandemic is an epidemic, right, that is spread over a large area and is prevalent through an entire country. At a faster pace as well. Yeah, yeah. It's basically, basically it's prevalent throughout an entire country, continent, or the whole yeah. world, which is where we're at now. It's it's infected the whole world. I, I don't know. I don't know many nations that don't have at least one case of the coronavirus. So that is why it is important to never call this an epidemic as we as we see it now. Uh, it is a pandemic until it's been reduced to the level of an epidemic through all of these things that we've talked about. So. Yeah. We're getting to that mark where we have to cut this off. So this is where we do our outros. It was fun hanging out with everybody. Thank you for listening. Whoever does get to listen to this, hope you're safe. Henry, anything? Yeah. No, done. All right. Well, uh, great podcast. Hope you guys tune in for the next one.